Heading into this last hour of open lines on Coast to Coast, and then tomorrow night, first hour, uh, our old friends, Coasties, uh, the uh, the Cowsills. They've got a new song. They're going to debut it. We're going to hear part, as much as I can play of it, coming up tomorrow night on Coast to Coast. And then uh, the uh, the best part of the show for me, in a way, is because it's such a topic I've been interested in for so long, is the life of physical pain that JFK endured. Uh, before he was assassinated, he was kind of a medical anomaly. And uh, one of the leading experts of pain in the United States, we'll take a look at his entire jacket, if you will, and we'll, we'll discuss the pain that JFK experienced in his lifetime and all the different ways that long before he was a public figure, uh, they were trying to treat it. Uh, and then I, I got to ask him about the LSD part, too, just to see what he knows about that. But that'll be tomorrow night on Coast to Coast. I love this show tonight. It's open lines. Where are you going to take the show next? On Coast to Coast AM, this is Ian Punnett. Open lines means you get to drive this show for, well, at least till the end of the hour on Coast to Coast AM. And we start where we left off, top of the page, is Bob in San Antonio on Coast to Coast. Bob? Hello, Ian. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the JFK show. I am too, yeah. His assassination, uh, November 22nd, 63, was my sixth birthday. Huh. And I feel like a lot of us that loved him have carried some of that pain since then. But, um, you know, being on hold, uh, waiting for a coast to coast, it's kind of like uh, the gestalt thing. It's greater than the sum of the parts. <laughs> the sparkling diamond, there's so many facets. By the time you get on, you're confused. But, uh, Sorry. Sorry about the that. Of the English language is I'm a, I'm a listener. Since my godmother gave me a little three-by-five transistor radio with the pull-out antenna, Sure. You know, when I was five years old, so I love listening and people that can use the English language in a surgical kind of way. It's just very satisfying. Well, that's good. But um, Chuck, you're you're. I don't know if you have what you call a didactic memory or not, but your the amount of music trivia and history and all the interwoven stuff with uh, you know, uh, cultural stuff is. Fascinating to listen to, and I got to get Chuck Thompson's book. But the dog yeah. story, yeah, the dog story. I was, I mean, I love dogs. Right, me too. It, it wasn't so long ago, a couple of generations back, when part of everybody's normal existence was slaughtering and eating their own animals. Sure. And you know, they used to make fun of young guys for having affection for pets. You're not supposed to get attached. Oh, that's to them right. Yeah. You might have to raise them and kill them. Right, but anyway, fast forward to now, when we just love our dogs, and the uh, you know pet insurance industry is just making billions of dollars. But I was walking into a grocery store. I mean, walking out, and this guy was coming in with a little dog. And every time I go to the store, I buy pet food. I sometimes open my pet food on a parking lot to feed stray dogs. But so the next night, I come into the same store, and there's been a lot of empty space on the aisles, you know, since the COVID thing and all that. And I go to this place where I pick up a certain food, and in the back of the shelf, there's a dog turd. Oh, God. I, mean, I don't really? know if it was the dog that I saw, but I took, I took a picture of it. Just, yeah. 
I went to the store manager and told him about it. I haven't tried to embarrass the store or anything, but it was the real thing. That's the real thing. And that's exactly (laughs) what can happen because dogs are animals. Love them, but they can't stop from being an animal anymore uh, in a store than they could on a lawn. And we we think we got them well-trained, but they're still going to have, quote-unquote, accidents. And, yeah, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've rescued... A little, you know, Yorkies are real, they're a designer dog that's expensive, right? Right. So other dogs like that, they get stolen. And uh, sure. I was living next to a crack dealer for a while, and this little Yorkie was down to 1.8 pounds. Oh, no. Came into our, I was hiding under my truck. And so oh. we got him and nursed him back to health. He got up to 10 pounds. And it was a couple of years later, he got stolen from us. No, oh, gosh. So, you know, but rescue dogs are great. Yeah, I'm with you. Thank you for that. And, yeah, even you can get purebred rescue dogs, too, for people that want. You can do both because a lot of um, pound dogs come from uh, kennels and or they come from dealers and, you know, breeders. and, And that's not uncommon to get that. You just may have to be a little more patient or be willing to drive far enough to get them. Thank you. Um, And I want, actually, well, I'll take a minute if I can. So I'm not going to link it up on Coast to Coast, but if you want to, um, I have a a student. He's actually one of my employees. He helps me run the uh, college radio station, uh, which was recently voted best college radio station in the nation. Thank you very much. Uh, Wildcat 91.9. And uh, Dawson's dog, uh, Uni, U-N-I, short, I guess, for university. Uh, But Uni has developed this really um, rare problem where he can't walk. Um, And it's a a joint thing. I don't know what more about it. But we started a GoFundMe page. We're, We're helping to chip in. If you are inclined to help out a young couple... Um, uh, Dawson and his uh, betrothed have this, you know, dog, which is sort of uh, sort of teaching them to be parents kind of a dog. Uh, But he's such a sweet dog. And we actually use the dog on the air all the time. We call him Uni the News Hound. Um, And we get him to bark when there's big stories. Um, And it's it kind of breaks our heart to see what he's going through. Uh, They need five thousand dollars to uh, fix the problem. And so if you are inclined, if you want to help, and you go to GoFundMe, you can just go to uh, Afford Uni's Surgery to Help Him Walk, Um, U-N-I. And Dawson Wagner is the fundraiser. You can make a deduction, you know, on your taxes. You can make a donation right there. It's cool. Um, and it's legit. It's a GoFundMe page, and I'm endorsing it. Uh, we're all chipping in, trust, trying to help this young couple afford the surgery that they need to keep this dog uh, running around and being the joy that he is. So there you go. That's my plug for Uni. Um, and remember the night when I said that uh, I got punched in the face by a dog on the air? It was Uni. <laughs> I had bent down to love on Uni, and just as Uni jumped up and gave me a black eye. I had a black eye for about a week because of Uni, because he's just a puppy, and he didn't know any better. But that that's the connection, and if you want to help him out, they could use the donations. Go fund me, Uni, 
UNI. All right, so um, let's get back to open lines, though, on Coast to Coast AM. And we've got lots of people hanging out. We'll get to them all before the top of the hour. Nacho is in Missouri on Coast to Coast. Nacho? Uh, hi, how you doing, Ian? Uh, great show you got tonight. And uh, just to let you know, I'm a first-time caller and a long-time listener. Glad to have you, bud. Thank you. Um, I drive rigs over the road, and I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of embarrassed because I'm coming up on my delivery spot for right now. But I just wanted to, uh, before I go, I just wanted to uh, see if uh, you wouldn't mind uh, slipping in uh, Al Stewart, uh, speaking of soft rock. Oh, really? What song? Uh, Al Stewart. Uh, Year of the Cat. Okay. So I'll consider Year of the Cat. I happen to do, I, there's one Al Stewart, so I didn't like, I wasn't crazy about time passages, but I love that, was it On the Border from Al Stewart? That's a yes. great song. I've never tired yeah. of that song. That's a great tune. Yeah. Uh, I, and what made me think about him was I had a couple of favorite uh artists and uh, when you mentioned earlier in in the program uh, Stephen Bishop he's another right. one of my favorites yeah uh, then I then I thought about oh yeah Al Stewart you know you're the cat but uh yeah well I I'll tell you what I... I'll tell you, I, I I'm booked for this weekend but I will remember getting on an Al Stewart bumper in the future I promise I will I hope you oh, catch awesome. it thank you yeah. so much Ian and uh, again great show and Appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. Well, thanks for. I'm glad you're getting your delivery in. That means your night's going to be over coming up, isn't it? Uh, I wish. <laughs> oh, really? Are you? No. Do you have to turn around with a new load or what? E- exactly. Yeah. Oh I'll gosh. Be dropping this load, attaching to a preloaded, and then heading down to Dallas, Texas. Okay. Well, make sure you get some sleep somewhere along the way, and uh, oh, thanks. Yeah. Be be safe out there, Nacho. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've been following the story, by the way, but Missouri has become the new tornado alley up through Texas, Missouri, Missouri, Arkansas. Kansas is no longer. We just don't get the tornadoes that we used to get because of the shifting weather patterns. Missouri is the one that always, you know, you saw what happened in Mississippi. I mean, these these are states that are in the in the crosshairs of these super powerful new tornadoes and they're coming earlier in the season and harder it would seem alice is on a wild card line in manchester tennessee i've been there on coast to coast am hey alice hello great show i love listening to you Glad to have and you. all all the people calling um i want to speak about uh, after my husband died from a fatal heart attack um oh. two doves i was in i was in grieving okay two doves came up at the back of the house where the kitchen window is where I was standing. And I thought it was very strange, but it was a very a great comfort, comfort sure. for me. And, okay, two doves flew up. One stayed on the ground, and, and one dove flew on the back door of the roof and looked back at me, looked back at me Aww. at the kitchen sink window and yeah. for over about a minute or so. And I couldn't, I tell you, that was a strange moment. But I thank God for the, I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was a message from God. Yeah. Saying all is well. And there will be peace. 
Yes, yeah. there was peace, yes. Yeah. It was a great comfort. So I thought that was very strange. Well, and I, I also, share that, and I, I actually shared in the air, the night before my, this is, you know, good old Southern tradition on this, but the night before my mother-in-law died, my wife and I pulled into a parking space. We were just going to go grab a bite. Um, she was in hospice, and we just left the building briefly to go. And we pulled into a parking space, and there was at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, in broad daylight, there was a big owl staring wow. at ba- staring back at us. And that's the omen that death is about to occur. And uh, and so we went in. We had a quick bite, and we got back, and we couldn't stop thinking about that owl. I even took a picture of it. And she was she was gone in just a few hours. Yeah, yeah. Messages that we don't. Uh, it's kind of kind of difficult to comprehend. And I just love the show tonight, and I appreciate all your info. And I want to quickly say about my Doberman mix. I had a Doberman huh. mix dog, my best friend dog. I could talk with, and and the dog, uh, female dog, would never uh, spill my all this information, you know, uh, confidentiality. Uh, right. But my dog was poisoned Funny. with tuna fish and antifreeze. Oh, no. Uh, who did uh, it? Yes, and uh, a neighbor, a neighbor uh. who didn't like pet or d- cats or dogs or any kind of uh, animal sitting on his patio furniture. Uh. But he p- placed it out for the cats, but my right. dog... Got it. He must have had it out in the open or something. I turned my dog out to run one night, and that was the end of my dog, and I haven't had a oh, dog since. I'm so sorry, but that's awful. Yeah. And and I, I'm with you in that space right now, and that may be me someday, but I'm glad you shared that. Appreciate that. And I, I too, went through a poisoning, oh, gosh, was it now 15 years ago with the the Chinese pet food? Uh, poisoning when they were poisoned. There was a factory and somebody had poisoned uh, pet food that was heading to the United States, poisoned it on purpose um, and, and put um, in treats that, and we had the batch number, we had the whole bit and we lost a dog because of that. Now the dog didn't have that much, but he was already elderly and he just declined. And it, it took a long time for him to die, but eventually he did. Uh, he was one of the dogs I wrote about. I did these children's books about dogs, and that was Dizzy, Dizzy the Mutt with the propeller butt. Um, it, that reminds me, though, too, um, there's a couple of really fascinating stories out there uh, about colloidal silver. A caller before the top of the hour was talking about it, touting it, and I had to go look it up because it had been so long since I anybody had brought up that. And I so I do think it's really it's important for me to say this from the Institute of Health um, that um, colloidal silver is all well. It's promoted as a dietary supplement. It has such serious side effects and it is it has no provable benefit um, that the government is just wants to make it very clear there's no function no known function or benefit in the body when taken by mouth they do still use some colloidal silver products for certain things um, but it has no nutritional essential mineral or any useful dietary supplement 
Uh, and uh, so sometimes even though people use it as homeopathic remedies, they're saying uh, this should not be used and you should look into it before you ever do that. And I'm not sure about the story of the dentist and why this was colloidal silver was going to end all tooth decay or whatever, but there's no proof of that. So I just want to be able to say that responsibly. And I, I just think you need to look that up and verify it before you would ever do something like that yourself. Uh, Ron is in Taos, New Mexico on Coast to Coast. Ron? Hello, Ian. It's an honor to speak to you tonight. You're, you're kind. Um, um, yeah, I have two quick things. Once uh, You mentioned the Rolling Stones, and that got my motor running. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just a few years younger than Mick Jagger, <laughs> and um, I've been riding the Stones train since it pulled out. I was sure. there from day, day one. I've had letters in Newsweek magazine, when it was a magazine, right? Um, Rolling Stone, uh, my college uh, newspaper. By the way, I went to San Diego State. I'm so jazzed. Oh, yeah. Hey, congrats. You had a great year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that was really something. Um, but anyway, about the Stones, uh, I am. It, it would be hard to conceive of a more loyal and long-lived fan that I've been. Right. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because they're coming out with a new album, Ian. I heard about that. New, yes, uh, I heard about this. Yeah, McCartney plays on one track. Ron Wood said there's 17 songs. It's their first album in 17 years. Mick Jagger said, and I quote, this album can't be just good. It has to be great. And you know what? It has to be great. Why put out an album this late in the game unless it's going to be good? Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't want to risk for all of the good work that you've done. You don't want to end on a down note. And they've had good albums, you know, really solid albums. So, yeah, I'm with you. Now, real quickly, can you tell me who's in the group now? Who's going to be performing well, uh, on it? Uh, uh, the, the drummer's name is, uh, uh, he, he's a black person. His name is uh, Steve Jordan. And oh, Steve Jordan. And he drums with Keith, Keith Richards' yeah. side group, the Expensive Winos. Sure. Yeah, and uh, Steve Jordan used to be the drummer. Steve Jordan used to be the drummer on uh, uh, David for David Letterman back in the day. He's been around a long time. Yeah, he's a very cool guy. Uh, but no, uh, no Bill Wyman. I'm assuming. Real quick. Oh, no, Bill's been long gone. I know, but I just want to make sure they didn't bring him back. So Mick, Keith, and Ronnie, and then who else? Uh, uh, well, we're running out of time, but I love that. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll, we'll break that tomorrow night. Uh, the new song from the Cow Sills for fun in that first hour on Coast to Coast. Uh, and we'll get to your open line calls next. This is Ian Punnett. First two hours, we were talking about the status revolution. Um, and uh, it was so enjoyable because uh, Chuck Thompson is a writer on many different subjects. And he also has this doc series that's on Paramount Plus right now, three parts um, on uh, the history of soft rock. Uh, which he is fonder of than I am. But that having been said, we had a great conversation about it, and uh, many people have uh, already referenced that when we went into open lines. We were just talking about the Rolling Stones. Um, the drummer, Steve Jordan, we were just, I had mentioned it. I don't know that everybody knows who he is. African-American drummer who uh, 
became famous originally on Saturday Night Live. Um, he was the drummer in the SNL band for quite a while. He is the drummer for John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd in the whole Blues Brothers bit. He's on the first album, uh, the Briefcase Full of Blues album with the Blues Brothers. That's Steve Jordan. This is how far back he goes, right? Then he goes and becomes the drummer for Paul Schaefer and uh, David Letterman, uh, on the Late Show, and then he goes on to do. You know, he records. He's on a bunch of different tracks, and he's already played a lot with the Stones over the years. But um, it's cool to see is him getting a big shot here, coming up being the permanent replacement then for for Charlie Watts, both in the studio and on the road. Uh, that, that might be a tur- ticket worth giving. Um, you know, you think about it. Um, yeah, he, Rolling Stones have had a few farewell tours, and they didn't mean it. And we knew they were kind of saying they didn't mean it. And granted, some members have dropped off from the Stones over the years, and so in a way, it was a farewell tour for, say, like Bill Wyman or something, who retired and, and is living in France. Um, but uh, for the most part, we kind of everybody knew that the Rolling Stones were going to come back. It was like, you know, how many Diana Ross farewell tours have there been? <laughs> kind of. So it's sort of like that. But I think, really, honestly, by age, if nothing else, this may be the farewell tour then coming up from the Rolling Stones. And it would be a show worth seeing. Uh, so uh, there we go. That's all I got. We'll get to open lines coming up. Looking forward to that JFK show tomorrow night. Find out more about the shows that are past and the shows that are coming. You'll find out more at coasttocoastam.com. This is Ian Punnett. Best part about open lines is you never know where it's going to go and how many will get in before the top of the hour. So let me refresh my screen and start with Robert in Rochester, uh, New York, on Coast to Coast AM. Robert? Ian, how you doing, buddy? You're the best co-host ever. Well, that's only because I spent so many of my uh, summers in Rochester, New York, growing up. Now, so, I, I, heard, I heard you a few months ago talk about Roseanne Park. So yeah. It brought yep. back a lot of memories. Yeah. Do you know the Skyliners down in Altoona, Pennsylvania? It's still set up there in a, in a park down there in Altoona. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's funny. Well, I, I still am very fond of Rochester. It was a great place to hang out. Where are you going to take us? You're the best, buddy. Okay, well, I appreciate that. That's very nice of you. Uh, Daniel's in Dixon, California, on a wild card line on Coast to Coast. Daniel? How are you doing, uh, Ian? Ian, um, but good enough. Yeah, look, at uh, I got about three things to tell you. Okay. Uh, the first thing is UFOs. Um, okay. When I was living in Lake Tahoe in 1971, took a drive up. Uh, Kingsbury up to uh, Nevada side of the high Sierras. I was about 7,000 feet up and the sky was beautiful. It was, yeah. it was about 630 in the morning, you know, Yep. and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. But when I looked to my right, here's a, a cloud all by itself moving along mm. the side of the Sierra. And it's got pink and and uh, yellow and white clouds around it, you know. And then it stopped. 
and a door opened up in the back of it. It was, you know, it, uh, this ship was pretty big, you know, but it was covered up with clouds. But it, the door opened, and six ships went inside. Hmm. Now, after that, I went back down to where I live, you know, in Lake Tahoe. Now, the, the second thing I saw as far as uh, UFO, that was right here in Dixon. Uh, the 17th of March last year, there was a, a, a mother ship sitting down here about 15 miles east of Vacaville, California. And at first, I, th- I thought it was, looked like a teapot. Because it had clouds going around, way out above, around from the, you know, from the ship itself, you know. And um, I kept looking at it, and uh, the top didn't have any clouds on it. Hmm. So I'm, I'm looking, you know, you know what our our planes look like at thirty thousand feet? They sure. look like gnats. Yeah. Well. What came out of the universe decloaked? You probably put five to seven of our planes inside of what came out of the universe and decloaked and went into that ship. Hmm. And that ship, in about about two or three minutes, completely moved off. Hmm. And it must have cloaked because I couldn't see it no more. So uh, all the clouds, it it made its own clouds. It had like a chevron. On the you know uh, kind of looking chevron on the bottom of it, and it was dipped down into the thirty thousand foot, and it was sucking up clouds onto well, the ship. Well, that you know, it's a, remarkable about that is a lot of people live their entire lives and they don't have any sighting of anything, and and you had many of them. Uh, why do you think you had more of them? Was it just the geography of it? Probably just a geography. I, I've only I've only seen the two ships, the two mother ships. I never seen. I seen the, the six ships that were. Well, yeah, you know. well, that's a, that's a very complicated sighting. So yeah, you saw a lot more than just this or that. You saw an entire constellation. Well, I'll leave that there and grab Mike in Elgin, Arizona, which also has some beautiful night skies too on coast to coast AM. Mike. Yeah, hello, Ian. How are you doing tonight? Doing all right. Open lines. Where, where do you want to go? Well, I'd like to ask you a few questions here and stuff. Hey, about the Civil War, that guy that just called about Shelby Foot. Like, I'm an American historian here, and there's something everybody's kind of missed. I'll give you all a hint here. It's called the Transcontinental Railroad. Mm-hmm. Kind of why I open border. I've lived down here all my life, so you know what I'm saying. But there's a bunch of lies going on. It starts at the Civil War, and I'm really looking forward to you your Kennedy deal tomorrow night, okay? Because yeah, it's tied be. into that, too. It's still ongoing. The but Transcontinental Railroad? How does that... Purchase, okay? <laughs> Trust me, 1853, why they even bought this, spent all this money on this little sliver right. of desolation down here? All right, just look into it. That's a hint, okay? I'll let you guys do the legwork because you all know about history. You know, But it's the reason for the Civil War. The slavery is just a cover issue. The slavery wasn't even an issue to Gettysburg. No, 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 no. I live in Kansas. And so we know just if you don't know, if you're a historian, you know that Kansas was a proxy war. The bleeding Kansas was a proxy war leading up to the Civil War. It didn't just start in 
the the issue of slavery was front and center to everything because the the that's why people from Missouri there was a proposition that said every state should be able to vote to decide whether it's going to be a slave or a free state and Kansas developed because of people pouring in from different places and the part of the Kansas in Kansas where I live it was all people who were free staters who came from the northeast and there were other parts of Kansas that were flooding in from the slave states that wanted to see the state legislator voted a slave state. So, no, it didn't start at Gettysburg, that issue. That's a, that's, I don't know, I I hadn't even heard that before. But, you know, the myth of the, of the lost cause, that doesn't start until a year after the Civil War. Up until that point, everybody was proudly saying it was always about slavery. And they're on their own books saying it's about maintaining slavery. So not sure we're going to agree with that as a premise, but tomorrow night should be interesting. And I'd love to see a connection with the, that idea of the transcontinental railroad though, in the civil war, that part I've never thought about. So I'll take a look. Uh, international line. Gerald is in British Columbia on coast to coast. Gerald. Hey, how are you doing Ian? Doing all right. Where are you going to take us? Uh, I wanted to chat about, uh, Billy Castle, but I thought I'd mention yeah. first, um, I wasn't sure if you knew, but uh, Robbie Robertson, he's got a strong connection with um, the Mohawk Six Nation north of um, Toronto. That's where I did his, know um, that. Mom, Yeah, that's where his mom grew up. Uh, grew up sorry, and uh, that's where I think his uncles kind of got him into rock and roll and started playing guitar. Well, that's good to know, and uh, I look forward to every chance I can to get Sitting Bull's grandson back on the air so I can... Uh, I'll, if nothing else, just so I can use some Robbie Robertson because I, I love the band and I love his yeah. stuff with it. All right, cool. I know you're a doc guy. There's a great doc called um, uh, When We Were Brothers on the band. I've, I saw it. Yeah, I've oh, seen yeah. that. That's okay. a great doc. It's in there. Yeah. yeah. And I just so, rewatched um, The Last Waltz about two years ago. Too. Ah, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to mention, because uh, I thought you'd be super interested. So, Billy Castle, he used to live here in Vancouver. He used to right. see his um, son, Dell, play down on Denman Street with a, an oldies cover band on hmm. Sunday nights. He used to play bass. But um, Billy did an interview with, he's kind of a bit of a music media empresario here in Canada, a guy named Kerry David Mulligan. And he did an interview with, uh, with Billy back in 94 at the Railway Club here. Runs, uh, you know, just under 10 minutes sort of thing. But he gives a nice kind of background to how he started out. Uh, he talks uh, about the um, uh, the hair video and the production on that and his move into Canada sort of thing. When he started getting on the Calcils uh, a while back, you know, three, four interviews ago, I started watching. I, I don't think I'd ever really seen, because it was before me the the hair video and i was just so impressed hmm. with the music production on it and in that interview he says that billy says that he basically does all the production on the music and at that young age i was just like that's impressive very impressive yeah well there was they there he was obviously one of the formative leaders of of the councils and it was a, a tragedy that he died uh, so many decades ago, and he's featured prominently in the recollections of the rest of the remaining family members in that Cowsill dock, and I'm sure he'll come up uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Calgary is kind of where he spent 
the rest of his life, right? I mean, he he well, moved he, when he yeah he came to he Edmonton died there, first. didn't he? Yeah, he came to Edmonton first, and then I think he I can't remember if it was I think it was Vancouver next, and then he formed the Blue Shadows, and then I think it right. was Calgary after that. Yeah. Very and good. Sundell uh, Sun If you go to YouTube and you plug in Billy Cowsill interview and Mulligan, if you can remember, like Mulligan, Mulligan Stew, right. um, it's, it's worth checking out. It's, uh, it's, it's really kind of uh, the only sort of uh, kind of document I could find in his own words that way. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I'll remember it for Mulligan because I pretty much live my life on Mulligans. Always look, always looking for a do-over. Uh, just, I just used that expression the other day. I said, I'll take a Mulligan on that. And everybody looked at me. And I'm like, you don't know what a Mulligan is? I don't know where I'd be without Mulligans. Uh, Chris is in Milwaukee on Coast to Coast. Chris? Hey, Ian. Hey. How you doing? Always great when you're on. Yeah, Thank you. Um, so, hey, yeah, real quick. had a quick comment and a quick question. Uh, comment. Um, so Steve Miller, as a Milwaukee boy, I got to yeah. defend him. First of all, he's a fantastic guitarist. Studied under the Wizard of Waukesha himself, Les Paul, and he still tours. I, I know that the caller said he doesn't. I've seen him four times, and I'm in my mid-30s. So he's definitely still touring, very active. I'm a fan, so don't get me wrong. Yeah. But um, And so, uh, yeah, he, does, he living in the USA remains absolutely one of my favorite songs, period. So I'm glad to hear it. He's got to be like 80 years old, but I would go see him again in a heartbeat. Yeah, he lost much weight in really good shape, actually. He's playing like, like wild right now. But oh, anyways. cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, oh, quick question. I'm just wondering, are you a fan of the band Beer Tick? No. I don't know them. Check them out. They're fantastic. What do they they're do? Wild man. They're kind of, I mean, it's hard to even. They're, they're, they're somewhere between like Americana and country and punk. Oh, cool. A little bit of a kind of a punk or grunge vibe to them as well. They're very, very solid. Well, I like that. I like that. I like that space. There's a band called uh, the Dead South from Canada, and they're kind of in that same area too. So, I'll, so it's beer tick or deer tick. Uh, deer tick, like the. Oh invasive insects okay deer tick yeah, well i just guess it. it's you know it's wisconsin so beer tick wouldn't be oh yeah no they're out of rhode island actually are they okay they're pretty darn good i got into when i was in high school and they're still touring doing their thing and i love that actually, the, lead, the lead singer is actually married to uh, vanessa carlton oh i know her right yeah. so they're yeah. they're pretty yeah they're well they're well put but. Okay. All right. I'll look for that. That's what I generally do. I make a little note here on things I want to look up afterward. And right after I get done with this, I go over to my couch and I spend some time on that before I go to bed. So I'll go look them up. Steve is in Valparaiso, Indiana, East Coast. Uh, oh, sorry, east of the Rockies on Coast to Coast AM. Steve? Yeah, I, thought he, I thought he said beer tick. Yeah, I was I was down with beer tick. I was okay with that. I just didn't know what it was. Oh man, you know, listen to your show. You sit here on hold, and you, you, yeah, I, okay, yeah, sure, okay, yeah, yeah. I got sure. I had a dog that was poisoned, and you know, just yeah, just that must be place. very frustrating. Thank you, it though. Is, I it, it appreciate you hanging on. Especially when there's you know UFOs everywhere and they got clouds around them and stuff. Well, I just mean it's frustrating because like you probably on hold. You're like. Oh, I'd love to comment on that. Yeah, and then yeah, you still yeah. Gotta wait. Exactly, exactly. Like, like in a conversation where you're you're not right, allowed to say right. anything, but yeah. You know. Anyways, uh, you're talking about uh, uh, bumper music for uh, yeah. uh, 
Sitting Bull's grandson or great grandson. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And that night I was thinking, uh, great white buffalo, you know. Oh sure. And, and then Christ. I wasn't even going to pick up the phone tonight and call you, but <laughs> then. The, the one guy talks about, uh, hey, don't ever have a band that's going to open for you that's better than you are. Right. And then I'm okay, I'm thinking about Ted Nugent, right? And so right. Then in, I think it was 75 when, when his uh, eponymous uh, album came out, you know, with Stranglehold and all that on it. Right. He was touring. He was in Hammond Civic Center in Hammond, Indiana. And he was there. And so we went to see him. And he had a guy open for him named Rory Gallagher. Oh, funny. Gallagher, yeah. And man, no Gallagher, but is that how he pronounces it? Yeah. Yes. Well, he doesn't now because he's dead. But right. uh, he came out there. Nobody ever heard of the guy, right? Right. He comes out there and just blows us all away. And sure. I thought, man, how, how is Ted going to come out and, and top that? No way, you know. But the guy was great. So a couple of years later, I was breaking a guy in at work, a new guy, you know. And I said, "Where are you from, man?" He goes, "Hammond." I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I used to go to the Civic Center and see a bunch of good shows. And we both looked at each other and says, Rory Gallagher. Uh, <laughs> Man, that was the greatest show I ever saw. <laughs> I totally love it. And I love that Nugent album with uh, Hey Baby on it, right? And yeah, uh, the yeah. other... well, That was a great album. I love that album. That was a great album. Yeah, uh, but uh, uh, the, the one guy mentioned uh, Robbie Robertson, you know, as for a bumper. And I was thinking uh, Showdown at Big Sky. Well, I'll take that, and you know, I, that would have fit in great. Well, uh, as they as they say in Hot Tub Time Machine, "Great White Buffalo," um, which is one of the weirdest comic lines, and they keep whispering it. And you never you're never allowed to know why that's a joke, but it's funny. Great White Buffalo. Uh, all right, so heading into the uh, top of that, we're done with open lines. So this is all I got time for. I left a few people holding on there. I'm sorry about that. Did everything we could. Uh, and we were packed for open lines. Uh, tomorrow night, then, the uh, the real, the, kind of the secret medical saga of JFK, A Life of Pain. Um, and it's all about his uh, medical files on how he was dealing with his lifelong of pain. And then... Just for fun, in that first hour, Kelsey's back to break out a new tune. Should be good. Uh, and whether it's Passover, and it's always doesn't always happen that Passover and Easter weekend happen at the same time. But if it's Passover, or whether it's an Easter celebration, or it's just you know spring, uh, I hope you have a wonderful time. In the meantime, enjoy this better weather. Deus te amat, and I do too. <laughs>